You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bet the reason share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is We'll do it live. Todd goes in, Todd goes out. Never miss communication. It's over 9,000. My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. Welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd to Know Basis Show, airing on Phoenix 92.5 FM and all those wonderful places on the internet like Spotify and our personal website. I am Kean, and with me this week is... Ahoy, it's Sarah. Ahoy, ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. Uh, We've got quite a lot to cover this week uh, because uh, in my house, as I imagine some of our listeners will have been listening now because going out on a Saturday, we are in Dublin Comic-Con prep getting our costumes ready for the big competition. Uh, we will both be there this weekend, so we'll do a little bit of a preview and all that. Uh, you will be there in attendance as well, won't you, Dara? I sure will be. Exactly. We are a veteran of a few of them. We unfortunately don't have a panel this year, but uh, we don't mind that. I'll be there with a newborn. There's always things to do. Uh, like, what's kind of been... Now, we've done episodes on this before, but what's kind of been your experience of Dublin Comic Con in the past, Dara? Um, it's always been a good time. Um, I think it, it's weird. It went through phases. Like the last Comic Con we were at was very good. It was more kind of like the what we would expect. But the one we did when things came back was very, very strange. Um, the, the, pardon me for the sound effect there. No. Uh, yeah. Well, what was what was strange about it? It's just you know it took a very long time for it to kind of come back after the pandemic. So I mean, yes. n- now it's very much like the Comic Con that that people w- would normally know as far as like. It's scope, it's um, it's it's scale and vendors and stuff. Like, hmm. crazy thing about it is this is sold out though. So I think it's the first time that I can recall that DCG DCC rather has been sold out both days. So if you haven't got a ticket, folks, um, there's no more tickets. Yeah, um, yeah. And as and as the lovely people of DCC have been warning you, be careful about uh buying from third parties and stuff because. Yeah. The barcodes get checked once and then they can't be used again and all yep. this kind of stuff. Like, obviously, if you want to go, it's great, but just be vigilant, you know. Exactly. But yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I suppose be before we kind of do anything else, um, we should talk about the big draw of this particular Comic-Con. So what is the big centerpiece thing that this August uh, 2023 Dublin Comic-Con has? 
Well, it's interesting because we're still in the middle of the, the writer's strike and the acting strike. So while it, it's mad, it's, it's even at uh, Comic-Con in San Diego, it was uh, Jim, Jim Lee made a joke out of it where it's like, finally, Comic-Con comes back to comics. Mm-hmm. And that, that really seems to be the kind of case here where a lot of guests, while there are really good guests here, it's kind of Terminator related as well and Aliens related. Um, they we don't really know what they're going to be able to talk about. So the real yeah, draw we, we kind of covered that last week. Yeah, uh, but the real draw, the real draw for me here, I think, and I think for a lot of other people, is uh, Veronica Taylor. Yes. Would you like to tell people listening at home maybe who Veronica Taylor is if they don't know off the top of their heads? Yeah. So she is the voice of Ash Casham from Pokemon. Yes. So I mean, and then there's like a bunch of comic people here as well. So while the panels and appearances and, you know, the big stuff that's done in the auditorium with some of the bigger guests might be strange uh, to say, to say the very least. Um, I think there will be a lot of quality content around uh, voice actors for like anime cartoons and specifically mm-hmm. Pokemon. Cause I mean, Pokemon has just ended the actual uh, anime. That's right. Has, has actually ended. Yeah, exactly. So, um, for me, I know that's one of the, the big draws that I'm going to definitely be checking out. We're checking mm-hmm. out her panel. Uh, probably will will meet her, and um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm just going to cover some sort of like. I mean, you're absolutely right. Loads of my friends are excited for Veronica Taylor. Uh, I'm going to just cover some centerpiece things that absolutely. might Go be like, uh, which is that uh, three of the actors from Terminator and Terminator Two are all going to be appearing together. As far as I know, for the first time in years, because Linda Hamilton is quite shy about these kind of things. At least as far as I'm aware. So mm. Linda Hamilton. Michael Bine and Robert Patrick, who are Sarah Connor, Kyle Reese, and the T-1000, will all be appearing together. And uh, they've already kind of put up sort of warnings about, like, you know, to essentially be snappy in the queue if you're meeting Linda Hamilton. She seems to be sort of the centerpiece guest. Yeah. Uh, We also have, in a similar vein, uh, Steve Downs and Jen Taylor, who are Master Chief and Cortana from the Halo series, respectively. They're doing a panel together. We will be going to meet Jen Taylor because she's also Princess Peach, which is lovely. Oh, wow. They had Mario last year, so nice little compliment there. Uh, yeah, James Marsters, who's done it before. Uh, he's always a delight uh, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Torchwood. Uh, I'm certainly very excited to hear Christina Chong talk from Star Trek Strange New Worlds, uh, especially because last week was, we'll talk about it in detail next week, but... Last week, the big musical episode of Star Trek Stranger Words went out and she's like the, of the cast, she's the one with a background in singing. So she absolutely did a great job with it. Uh, certainly, Brett, uh, I want to help I'm pronouncing that right, uh, who is the voice of Mickey Mouse and all the Disney things. So that's quite a grab there. Uh, current voice of Mickey Mouse. Current voice, but still the Disney mascot. Like, you know, that's up there with Mario and all that, you know. Uh, uh, I don't know. I I don't know. I think so, no? Well, yeah, but not him. Uh, not against him specifically. Yeah. It's just, uh, no, I don't know. It, it's like the current voice of Bugs Bunny. It's not the same for me personally, but I'll, I'll take your point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't mind going to a panel and seeing him talk about things and do the voice and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so here's the thing. Part, part of the fun, you know. Here's the thing, you probably will do the voice. <laughs> so, I, I'd be amazed else. if he didn't. Yeah, if nothing else, you'll get the voice. Yeah. Yeah. And just to round out, um, 
We have uh, Jennifer Blank Bine. Again, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, from Dark Angel. We have uh, Will Sliney. We have... Do you know what uh, he created? No. So he's an Irish comic book artist and he's... I, I've met him a bunch of times. He's a super nice guy. Uh, he created uh, Mr. Moon Knight. Oh, really? The one yeah, in the suit? The one in the suit. That's oh, his, yeah. give that man all the awards. That is yeah. a genius idea. Yeah, that's his. Okay, I'm glad because he's one of the most prominent names on there. So I'm glad that he's kind of being pushed to the forefront. Like, you know. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, even though the writer strike is there and, you know, the actor strike is there, there are some phenomenal comic book people who show up at these things. Yes. And um, it's sad because, like, I remember I ran into John Wagner a couple of years ago uh, and I was talking to him and, like, nobody was there. Nobody knew who he was. And I'm like, oh, this is really sad. Like, he created, um, but by, by, your, by your silence, uh, Keen, I'm going to take it as you don't know who he is. He no, created, I'm just listening. He created Judge Dredd. Really? Yeah. Wait, say that name again, sorry. John Wagner. John Wagner, really? I thought yeah. that the creator of Judge Dredd was someone else. Was so, it not a collaboration? Well, it was a collaboration, but man, I mean, he wrote the majority of Dredd's big, biggest parents, including like I Caligula and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it, what I would say to anybody going to this Comic-Con, um, and maybe they're like, oh, it's kind of a bummer. Take it as an opportunity. Like you'll still get to meet the actors and that kind of stuff, but maybe take it as an opportunity to go to... Sorry, uh, I don't mean it wasn't possible. I thought Pat Mills was the creator of um, Judge Dredd. There's three credited creators right. of, of Judge Dredd, but John Wagner is the main one. Is that okay, like, all right. My apologies. He, no, 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 you're right. It is a collaboration, but he's like, he wrote the character for the majority of the time. He came up with a lot of the, the major stories. So One of those kind of like guiding, like John Romita Sr. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of like the Stanley. Uh, okay, I'll put it this way. He's the Stanley of 2000, 2080. Right. Okay, gotcha. That, that's probably a better way to put it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, and nobody knew who he was. Nobody was there with him. So I'd say to anybody who's gone to this Comic-Con, be like, look, go and meet the actors. They're panels, absolutely. Look, the, mm. the Geek Ireland folks always do a phenomenal job on that. Mm. But maybe open your net a little bit. Go to the independent comic guys who are there. Go to the independent traders who are there. Uh, That's always like a highlight for me. Just seeing same, the same for me. stuff up there. Yeah, Same for me. Um, and then, you know, kind of, instead of going for things the way you normally do it, where you'd be like, I only want to see these people and then I'm leaving. Mm. Spend your time walking around the halls. Spend your time um, actually connecting with people as well. Mm. Uh, because that's what this is actually all about. I think it's a massive opportunity. An opportunity we don't normally get because it is so guest heavy. Sometimes you're like, oh my God, I need to see this person. This a bit person. overwhelmed, yeah, yeah. And you overwhelm everything, yeah. Or, you know, uh, Olivia's up doing a phenomenal talk with, with someone who's there and everyone goes there and you might miss something. Do it as an opportunity to be like, right, Linda Hamilton's not going to be able to talk about Terminator or something like that, right? Yeah. So you're like, all right, what else is on? Or who haven't I had the opportunity to talk with yet? Um, and that's what I'm going to do. I, I'm I'm not really going to spend my time. Look, obviously, we're going to be there covering it for the show. Yeah. But um, I'm not going to spend my time running after guests to hear what yeah. they're talking about their breakfast, right? Well, that's, that's what I you know. quite liked about, because you mentioned it earlier, the... The first Comic Con back after COVID, like the uh, the main central guest was uh, Kevin McNally, and like it had kind of only modest attendance. Yeah, exactly. But, like yeah. it meant that you were actually kind of free to go up and talk to people that you wouldn't usually would, and you actually get like two or three minutes together. 
bit more like Megacon in yeah. Legends, January. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's going to be this, and I'm tr- uh, thrilled for the success. But it's funny, I was talking to a friend of mine who's one of the, like, kind of sponsored cosplayers, hmm. and she had a concern that because of both Terminator, Halo, and a massive kind of esports like centered stuff that is going to be very bro heavy in terms of attendance might be you know what i mean so it's interesting how every comic-con is different even though the building and the essential structure is the same like look that might be true um doesn't really matter though i mean at the at the end of the day like girls don't like terminator that's a weird no, thing. no, more in terms of or like e-sports. the people who are attending, the costumes that'll be there. You know what I mean? Like some years it's very like Japan anime kind of feeling in terms of like the costumes and the events. Some years it's very Hollywoody. Some mm, years I get you. it's very look, kind of to, like to, niche. Look, to that concern, right? To that concern. And that's actually a valid concern now that you've explained it to me. The thing about this is it's still nerd stuff, right? Yes, yes. People who are gone are still nerds, right? <laughs> so you're still going to be like, okay, or, you know, it's going to be an open space. And yeah, it's a bit more probably less niche, let's put it that way. And, mm-hmm. and it is, esports are a huge industry. But I mean, Ireland is full of esports, you know, like the actual companies like Riot Games. I was literally walking past the Riot Games headquarters today. I didn't even realize it was there. I was like, oh my God, there it is. Um, So like we do, we are home to to that industry. And from the one side of the point, it, it's kind of cool to be like, hey, yeah, we're able to host this this thing as a technological achievement that is quite good. Like, think about it. To host an esports event or even like a modest esports event mm. requires an awful lot of bandwidth and an awful, an awful lot of te- technical know-how. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, I, I would say to that person, listen, go in with an open mind yourself and that will be reciprocal. And if it's not your thing, Cool, don't go. Like yeah. go to go to something else. But if you're looking for niche cons, and look, we've said this before. My favorite con is um J Con. I love it. Mm. My favorite one. Or Kazuka Con down in Cork. They're anime ones. They're specifically for anime stuff. And look, every year DCC is gonna have that. It's it's gonna either walk a line that's gonna go too niche or too mainstream, and they have become more mainstream. Mm. But again, even like I was in MCM in March, no, in May in London, and I didn't go to any panels because I was just, it took me eight hours a day to walk around yeah. the trading hall. So like at the end of the day, it all depends how you use it, right? Like it's, I, I would be less concerned about what somebody else is doing and rather what you're going to do. Yes. So it's like, hey, look, if even if it is bros going, uh, you don't need to hang out with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. You go do something else. So I, I would say, look, it's always a good event that there's, there's, you know, the consent thing is, is a big thing there. Security is always top notch. Mm. There's no concerns there because the, the folks always do a great job. But again, if, if you're worried about who's going to be there and who's not going to be there, at the end of the day, there's always sound people there and there's massive groups of people. So look, if, if esports isn't your thing, you can completely avoid the floor. <laughs> you don't need to go to that floor. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, like, sorry, before we kind of, Move on. I just want to highlight the last three guests I didn't get to mention. You probably know them from your comic book background. Sure. Uh, Franco Arellani. Uh, uh, don't know them. Have a Teen Titans background. Oh, yeah. I don't like Teen Titans. Uh, oh, Teen Titans Go is like the best show in our house. We love it. Oh, that's fair. Uh, that's fine. Gary Erskine and uh, Babs Tar. So, like, I know Babs Tar. She's uh, currently back. She like did a bunch of Batgirl. 
Oh yeah, and sure, she's a critical role is like um, a, like a niche in of itself, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. Uh, uh, but actually, before we kind of do anything else, I actually it might be worth in case it's someone's first time going with a ticket, maybe they're listening to this. Uh, I know we air on a Saturday, but you know they're still Sunday. Um, they're still Sunday. That's it. Like, um, it's worth kind of giving a rundown of like what DCC is actually like. Sure. So generally, good form is to queue early, especially yeah. if you've got like not not like. Seven in the morning. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna, you know, if we were professional, I'd like put in a special sounder, but like, did it, did it, did special tips. But that's the best people again. Maybe in the future you did. Maybe in the future I did. <laughs> if you heard it and you're confused, that's that's why. Um, but yeah, so because uh, the queue, depending on the time of day, it does ebb and flow. But this is going going to be sold out. Um, so like the queue does start near the convention center, but it goes all the way around the back. Yeah. So, like, if there's something you're very keen to see, like, you know, give it a good hour or two's heads, especially if you're coming in a big costume or something, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, um, like, on the ground floor, you've got that big open space. Lots of people kind of tend to get most of their pictures there. If you are coming in a big costume, I am coming dressed as Bowser, for example. You might get stuck there for photos. If you, I love that, but maybe you don't. So just be aware of that. All the trade halls are kind of, like, most of them are kind of on the ground floor and then you have like kind of you can get photos on the Stranger Things couch or the Game of Thrones mm-hmm. throne all that jazz uh, all the sort of like merchandise is on the ground floor in that first big room then on the first floor you have the sort of the for lack of a better term the, the local panels I suppose you'd call them like like not your Doug Jones type things like more the Geek Ireland and things like us uh, and you also have the Traders Hall, which is all the artists. If you want to get autographs signed, that's on the first floor. Uh, second floor, I believe, is the quiet rooms, unless I'm mistaken. And usually some things there. And then the third floor is... Oh, and second floor is food. And then the third floor is like usually access to the panels. Am I am I kind of getting anything wrong by the same? No, place? that's about right. Uh, last time around, they did something weird where they kind of changed the format of the upstairs and downstairs. Yeah. But it actually kind of worked a little bit better near the end. It's just a bit of a difference. And that's why I'm saying if you're going into Artist Alley, um, which was the second floor last year, I think it'll probably be the same this year. Yeah. Just take your time to walk around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is a bit weird the way they've done it, but it makes a lot more sense. So if if you haven't been there in a little while, um, you're going to have a sense of, oh, that's a bit weird. But it is um, it is actually all on their website, which was down for a while, but now it's back up. Um, and they actually have like floor pants. So you can actually check it all out now, which I would avoid. Yeah, I found actually, that's that a f- the schedule was a bit laggy. I suspect everyone's trying to crash in all at once. No, but, I just think the no, schedule they, is they, up there so and everything. Changed, so they changed their website completely. Uh, oh, I know because I was trying to apply for the costume competition. We got in, but like yeah, they, they, they put up a. We had a bit of a tussle because for the last two, they have done what's called a masquerade. And then they put up a post that said, oh, you've only got one day to get your applications in for the costume competition. And it was the day they like took their website down. So there was a bit of hysterics in this household. But we will be there. We'll be there on Sunday. If you see a Mario family, that that's us. So give us a wave and a cheer because we haven't won a single costume yet. And my cousins came second and I want to show them who's boss. Exactly. I mean, look, <laughs> the amount of effort you guys put in every year, it's... I'm always so inspired 
and then I forget about Comic Con, <laughs> and then it's Comic Con. And this year's been even worse because like I'm going to I'm going to like the states mm. on Monday, and I'm just like, oh yeah, oh no, Comic Con is this week, and uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of where my brain's been at. So I I, I applaud you, Keen, even with two kids, one very small new kid. Yeah, you guys still the tiniest Mario you've ever seen. Absolutely, I mean. You can't miss that, folks. Literally, baby Mario. Yeah, and uh, and and if according to plan, my wife will be Yoshi. Amazing. So you'll have literal baby Mario. My daughter will be Princess Peach. I'll be Bowser. It'll be hard to miss us. We just hope the the costume holds up for the weekend. It's one of those dicey things where the costume competition is like two, three o'clock on the Sunday, but by that point, your costumes have been walking around in the heat for about a good thirty hours, and they might not make it to the stage. You know. Like our Bad Batch costumes were literally falling apart in the wings about to go on. We were being stapled in. Like, you know, so. <laughs> but you know what? It's all part of the fun. And if you're going with a family, I can't stress enough. The quiet rooms are amazing. We've never had any hassle there whatsoever. Uh, I would also encourage you to bring snacks because the weights on like even cans of Coke or pizza or whatever. They can eat like a half an hour out of your day and then you have to find somewhere to sit and all that kind of stuff. So if you're coming in a group, bring snacks. Some good, if you are if you have a costume, find a way to put a bag in it. Just just good cop-on things. You'd hate to lose an hour or two to something like unforeseen also, like that, you know? Also, um, tote bags. Bring a tote bag. How come? They're just, I didn't see the value of it. I didn't understand it. I did at MCM. Yeah. Bring a tote bag. <laughs> Think about it. If you have one packed away, right, and you buy a bunch of stuff, mm. I was going to use a different word, but I can't. Um, I and then you're like, oh, I've nowhere to put it. Magic tote bag, boom. No, that's that's good sort of advice because you could buy a nice bit of Lego or something and just you'd be carrying it in your front in your hands and all that. Yeah, and it also, also or, or even even yeah. uh, if you get like a you get like an autograph or something. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so on my auto, one year my autographs nearly got eaten by the rain. If you're going to bring a little oh. like A4 like old fashioned school paper slip thing or somewhere to put it, like you know, yeah, absolutely, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, rain autographs actually. If Wrong. you want to see someone, just it'd be worth looking up the schedule and seeing when they're on the stage and when not. Yes, because like um, you could waste a lot of time going up to the upstairs. Looking, seeing if your person's there, going away, coming back when, like, you know, that could very easily be avoided if you just checked, like, oh, they're on the auditorium panel at one o'clock. So they're yes. either going to be there before or after. Like, you know, especially Elite. if it's someone like Linda Hamilton or something, like, Look, check Elite. that and leave a lot of time, you know. A little bit of prep is not a bad thing. Yeah. And I would say go and do this. Um, again, the website isn't incredible. Um, it, it's not. The best, I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, as an IT person. Well, they kind of remade it this week, so it's still kind of being that's, the old best spec. That is not an excuse. <laughs> Our website is better than this. Um, and I'm very, I am very picky with websites, but at the same time, I mean, it works. But the best thing to do, other than the website, because it is very glitchy still. And lads, I will consult your website for free if you want. Uh, let me know, but not a general offer. I mean, DCC, um, to fix it, but as of now I would say because the website is so kind of glitchy 
social media. Their social media is always top notch. So, I was going to say, uh, as a counterpoint, anytime I've emailed them or gone to their Facebook, they've gotten back to me within yeah. an hour. They're yeah. on that side. Of they it. are on that. And and the payments and ticket process seems to work, but the actual website itself <laughs> leaves a lot to be um, desired, I'll be honest with you. But uh, yeah, hey guys, if you want, um, contact us. <laughs> I will do it for free. <laughs> I will fix it for free. <laughs> All right. Well, sure. That was pretty thorough now. So we I actually so. got... Go on. No, I agree with you. Yeah, it was. Yeah. We're, we're uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. We, we've been doing this a few years. We've picked up a few things. Uh, so we've actually got two films we want to talk about as well this episode. I'll tell you what. Why don't you mm. take the lead on yours first? I actually don't know anything about the film. You saw it. I actually misunderstood what it was when you told me. So what film have you seen this week? So I went to go see the new Disney Pixar movie, Elemental during the week and it's a lovely lovely movie mm. um, all about overcoming your differences and uh, working together and, and that's basically what it's about yeah it's about a, it's about a, a fire and like a drop of water learning to be friends or something isn't it a bit more than that so basically it's about a city where all the different elements live together and as you can probably imagine uh, fire doesn't like water mm. water doesn't like dirt uh, sorry, uh, land doesn't like fire. Right. Basically, everything doesn't like fire. Fire are the social outcasts of this society. That because there's no element they get along with, like yeah, because they burn everything up. Yeah. Right? So the, the the premise is it's a very very heavy handed uh, allegory for different classes and races. Right. In uh, like early New York, that's basically what it kind of is where the fire guys are portrayed as like a mix between Italian and Irish. Mm. Um, and that's kind of the of, immigrant population. Like they are literally the immigrant population. Yeah. 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 Um, and there's like different like t-shirts saying, kiss me. I'm, I'm uh, fireish. And like the language is called <laughs> Okay. Irish. I like that. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Pretty good. <laughs> but, yeah. It's pretty good. But basically what happens is the, the parents of the main character, Ember, um, mm. set up a shop. And it's a whole big thing. And, you know, they, they want to give the, the daughter, they want her to take over, basically. And it, it, it's a very, it's a story you've seen a hundred times before. It, it's literally nothing new, but it is quite good. I was going to say, when I saw the trailer for it, it looked like uh, Inside Out mixed with Zootopia. Kind of, but about yeah. elements. Um, and then the the water guy basically uh, ends up in the pipes and he comes out and he's like, oh, hey, you know, falls in love with the, with the girl. Turns right. out he's a city inspector. And you have to kind of, you know, save poor family, shop, save the town. But then also they kind of fall in love. And it's about, you know, them trying to come to terms with being in love with each other because they fundamentally can't touch. Right. Um, and it's it's a whole thing that way. But like he's rich because he's water and water's everywhere and the whole city's built with water in mind. So look, the, the politics of it are kind of very heavy handed, but it, it's... It's a sweet movie. It has a good heart to it. It's not like in a in a um, force fed kind of way. It's more just like, yeah, okay, right. We've seen a story a hundred times before. It's it's basically like an Irish Italian person moves to America in the in the early nineteen hundreds and blah. This is very much the same thing, but it is handled in a very interesting way. And it, the movie zips along. It's quite good. Um, it looks beautiful as well. There's some really like really good shots in it and. Um, Pixar have kind of struggled a fair bit in the past couple well, of years. This is what I was going to ask because I was kind of, I haven't really fallen in love with a Pixar movie since Soul. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen Soul. I think, well, Soul is amazing. Definitely check okay. that out. That's one of the top notch Pixar ones. 
Right. Uh, Brave, I wasn't wild about, but maybe it's because I didn't see it in cinema. Although I didn't see Soul in cinema, so I'm going to know. But yeah, it's... Is um, like is Pixar struggling a bit now that the mainline Disney things have kind of stolen, but with their style and their feel to it? Like, actually, funny you mentioned that there was an ad for Wish, which um, is a funny name, really, when you think about it. For Wish, which is the new Disney movie, and it seems like they're going back to what Disney is kind of known for, which is like proper animation rather than CGI, which is yeah. what Pixar is known for. So, um. Kind of sort of. I mean, I don't think Pixar has been actually able to make a movie that captures broad appeal mm. or like can kind of tap in. Like, I mean, look, yeah. Element- like I like the Buzz Lightyear film, but it kind of I like felt- it too. Yeah, I like it too. But people are only talking about it in negative ways. Um, Soul, uh, Soul, as you said, I haven't seen. People thought it was great. Didn't really move the needle that much, and I don't think Elemental is going to do the same. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was quite good. Um, it like from a technical standpoint, it's okay. Um, there are some really good shots in it. The movie is nothing, is nothing new, um, but it is one of the most expensive animated movies ever made. What? Yeah, it cost over two hundred million. So I have no idea. But what I will say is, it's <laughs> it has had like. It has like I'm looking here. It has had um a quite a good um like return rate. It, it isn't a flop, but will it be a movie that people talk about in three years? No, um, I mean, no. It's I mean I haven't seen it, but just the concept seems a bit by the numbers yeah. Pixar like. Yeah, it really was, and it it was a sweet little movie. It had a really cool up uh pre movie short, which was really fun. With oh, nice. uh, yeah, that was that was all the fun. Um, and I think that's more memorable, memorable long term than the movie. But if you're stuck for a movie to watch, here's a quick review. If you're stuck for a movie to watch, if you have kids and you want them to go see something that is kind of sweet with a decent message, mm. um, go see this. Okay. No, it's a no. I don't want to be down on it because I haven't seen it. Like, no, you know, I mean like, what you, what you said is true. Like it's it, it it's basically like, and, and actually I'm looking here. It it um it, it literally is um a kind of troll back to 1970s movies like Guess Who's Coming to Their Moonstruck oh, or Emily. Okay, well that's quite like interesting. Yeah, because it, it, as I said, like it, it's basically an Irish-Italian going into the wasp culture of America, right? That's yeah. that's what they're kind of playing off. Okay, um, see now yeah. it sounds a bit more daring. I was kind of... It's not daring. Like, it, it's been done a hundred times, but it's, you know, it... it no, it's but it's a, a little bit of edge to it. That's all. Like, because Pixar, yeah, like, there's they a bit make of you cry edge. for a reason. Yeah, yeah, and, and look, and I mean, the way they make you cry in this one is kind of like contrived, right? But it, they do kind of spine a, uh, sorry, shine a spotlight on it. Mm. But um, the movie itself, if it had to been like, like you've look, okay, you've seen this movie before as like yeah. the ones I just mentioned, or any romantic comedy where there's someone from you know a poor background or an immigrant background, and they go into you know high society or whatever. That's You've seen that movie hundreds of times, right? Yeah. Um, but we were stuck for something to watch this week, and this was this was on, and it was this or Ninja, Ninja Turtles, and I have no desire to move, leave that to view that movie or leave my house to go see it. But uh, do I have did, bad news for you? You did see it, so <laughs> you know what I, did there? I set you up for it. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, I get what you mean. But before we move on to Ninja Turtles, this kind of gets at the heart of, I think Kev mentioned it a week or two ago, which is that if you're not 100% pushed to see Elemental and it's going to be on Disney Plus in three months anyway. Yeah. Like, what's the drive, you know? Well, I mean, we were looking for something to watch in the cinema. Yeah, but that could be a review for literally anything. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like I, I, you know, if something else had been on that was better, I would have gone to see that. So kind of a, a lukewarm, it's good, but not changing your life kind of review. Like, no, look, I mean, it wasn't bad. I didn't leave. I didn't walk out. I wasn't angry or upset. I was just like, ah, yeah, it's grand. Grand. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll, do I have terrible news? <laughs> I love. I, I, I love the way you're just like. No, I'm just okay. trying to kind of because all your comments are very positive. Yeah, it's grand though. Seem kind of blown away by it, and I'm just kind of trying to suss what the what the lay of the land is. You know, is this a recommendation or isn't it? If it's on Disney Plus, absolutely go see it. If you okay. have a, if you have a bunch of kids or a kid, and you're like, hey, let's go see this new Pixar movie. There's nothing in it that will upset you. There's nothing in it that will make you angry. And there's nothing in it that will bore you. It's a very serviceable movie that is quite good. Is it an instant classic? Absolutely not. Is it a movie that you're going to talk about in three years? Absolutely not. But it's grand. Okay. All right. That's fairly comprehensive. All right. Well, then uh, I will tragically drag you onto my cinematic <laughs> experience today, which sure. is the Teenage Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I went into this having never seen anything to do with the Ninja Turtles. Have what? you kind of a background in them at all? I love the Ninja Turtles. Really? Yeah, I grew up with them. Uh, one of my favourite games of all time is the Hyperstone Heist or yeah. Turtles in Time. Um, loved the animated series as a kid. Still do. It's still phenomenal. Mm. Um, the comics are pretty good. Um, extremely violent. And you're also in a crossover with the Power Rangers, which is still very bizarre to think about over 20 years later. That's, yeah, that's the... Because we were talking about this before the film, like, you know, how in Britain they were called the Teenage uh, Hero. Hero Turtles. Yeah. Like, if they crossed over with the Power Rangers, that's like the ultimate team-up of things that I wasn't allowed to watch in my house. Why weren't you allowed to watch them? I, they were too violent, apparently. But you married uh, Shotokan Black Belt. Yes, but not not when I was six. I know, but this. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're trying to find some sort of psychological. Yeah, I'm like, trying to uh, revenge up. thing. <laughs> it's like, well, screw you, mum and dad. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna get like you know karate in my life, but I'm not gonna do it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's for my wife and my podcaster friends to do. There, there you go. Come I'm just sit down. You've surrounded yourself by it. <laughs> we get stuck in an alley being mugged. It's not my immediate concern. <laughs> oh, God. I've seen this. I, you know, it's just, it's funny because, like, you've missed two massive pillars yeah, of 90s pop culture in those two things alone. Oh, look, look, I made up for it. I did Pokemon, Digimon, and Yu-Gi-Oh. That's fair. You know, it's That's like... Fair. I've, it's I've, funny, I've... all the violence in my primary school was because of Pokemon. There was no violence because oh, of... Oh, totally. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm there sure... zero that, violence like, with anything I'm else. I'm sure more people got hurt pretending to be Rhydon than they were pretending to be, like, Mike, Michelangelo, you know? No, they got mugged because of Pokemon cards and oh, because yeah. Pokemon deals went bad. 
So they'd like just beat each other up for the cards. But that's true to the game, isn't it? Because when you win <laughs> yeah, uh, a, a game of in the Pokemon game, when you win against trainer, you get like two hundred dollars or something, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Still, I mean, you know, Pokemon's a bit more violent than that. You know, this is something to bring up for Veronica Taylor. How do you respond to what happened in the nineties? <laughs> uh, but no, seriously. I, um, so uh, you had so, with, so you had no 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 preconceived notions at all. No, exactly. But, yes. Okay. Well, very well said. Uh, I just knew that it would kind of look Spider Versey, and okay. that Seth Rogen was attached. So a bit of an invincible connection there. Right. Uh, but it's it's amazing. I'm sorry to break your heart, but it's 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 one of my favorite films of this year. It's really really, really good. Uh, I brought I brought my four year old and the twelve and ten year old who are staying with us, and all okay. of them loved it for different reasons. Okay, which is a which you know is impressive in and of itself. The animation's gorgeous. They right. the characters are great. They really feel like teenagers with, but not in like an obnoxious bro let's slay type way. They feel very earnest. Um, and the stakes are very interesting. Because they're not up against uh, Shredder is the bad guy, is it? Usually, is it? I get Shredder and Splinter mixed up. I can't believe. Oh, stop it! I, I had this all day. I can't believe this. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Sorry, man. Oh, sorry, stop my... it! I was getting told off by the boys as well about. This. Yeah, I can't believe. Uh, sorry, I can't I believe. Didn't this. Watch. I don't know. I know, but you should notice by like. Well, like that's why I'm seeing the film. Leave me alone. <laughs> anyway, that usual guy in the silver armor wasn't in it. It was Shredder. the stakes were interesting because Shredder. it was more. Thank you. It was more centered around the fact that. They spent their whole lives in the sewers and right. uh, Splinter, their stepdad, was kind of being overprotective of them. Yeah. And they had to kind of sneak out and they wanted a normal life and all that kind of stuff. And like when the villains do kind of creep up, they are also kind of oozy mutants who... There's a bit of an X-Men twinge to it, actually, because they kind of feel rejected by society and they're lashing out. The Ninja Turtles just want to go to school and be part of it. So there's a very nice kind of emotional core to it where they just want to kind of be normal. And they finally get their like kind of their gear together and they go out because they want to help people and they think helping people will be the way they'll be accepted. And Mm -hmm. who should be their first villain but their cousins? You know, so there's a really nice kind of emotional core to it that I wasn't, I was expecting a dumb action movie with like one-liners and instead the movie kind of got to my core a little bit i thought it was really really good and there's lots of good jokes in it it's it's really superb it looks great the soundtrack both in terms of score and songs is top notch mm-hmm. i'm only speaking for myself this is a fantastic way to get ninjas and into the ninja turtles because it is superb i really really enjoyed it and i care about ninja turtles now even if i don't know all the facts I see. You seem a bit distressed. I, hold on. I'm just having a look for one second. <laughs> well, then while you're looking something up, I'll also say that the, the voice cast is... Uh, yeah, I see. Okay. They cha- I mean, the only thing I know about this is they changed April O'Neil fundamentally, and that's, that upsets me. Um, well, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know the original April O'Neil, but this character works very well in this story. No. No. No, they should have done that. 
April O'Neil is is very specific. Um, well, tell me about the original April O'Neil then. Well, no, I, there's no point in digging into it that well, much. No, because I don't know. Like, well, I mean, she's supposed to be like a, a news reporter that like all the turtles have a massive crush on, and that's like a they, big. That is in the film. Is it in the film? Okay. Yeah, no, no, it's because they okay. they're going out. They, I they thought they turned thing. into a blogger or something. No, 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 not at all. They they have okay. a whole thing where they sneak out because they do regular like. We'll call it shopping, but they're robbing stuff basically. Mm. Uh, and James they, when they're done, they kind of sneak cool. off and see a film because they don't let any humans see them. Uh, okay. so like while they're messing around on the roof, one of their ninja stars um hits her in the helmet and the bike helmet. And while she's yelling at them, uh, someone steals her bike and they have to they feel bad, they get it back. And that's and she's their kind of first point of contact with humanity. She's a student in the school, but like. She's also an aspiring journalist. Ah, no, there you go. That's what. Well, see, the thing with yeah. it is though, like, she is a stab. She's an established journalist. I know, yeah. but this film it kind of leans into the teenage stuff without being like overly cringy. Like, okay. it feels like she is their connection to that world, and so right. it's kind of a like for her. She has a story that because she's. Um, I don't want to give away the whole film, but basically she had a chance to be like a journalist when she was younger and she messed it up. And this is her like big comeback thing because she's going to report on the Ninja Turtles and all that. And for them, um, the one with the blue glasses, Leonardo, Leonardo has a crush on her, but for all the turtles, she's their kind of gateway to humanity. So it's all very wholesome and self-serving, you know? So you didn't, you don't know what the turtle drop is, do you? The go ninja, go ninja, go. Yeah, uh, I know that just through See? pop culture See? osmosis. Yeah, you know, yeah, so, no, you know, that, so that has a little cameo in the film as well. Ah, very cool. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, okay. it's look. I don't know anything about the, the the Ninja Turtles, but a bit in the bit in the Spider Verse vein, which is that trite comparison. I could tell that the filmmakers knew it inside and out, and they were being very careful to pick some things. And yeah. do them very well and not like throw in everything in the kitchen sink, you know? Well, look, I would say if you haven't seen you haven't seen it yet already, but anyone who hasn't watched the 1980s uh, animated series, that's a lot better. The original kind of show, like. Yeah, that's a lot better. Well, don't fun. say it's better without having seen the film. Like, Oh, no, it's better. I'm sure it's good. No, it's but better. like, don't make any assumptions like. No, Although I, I will say, actually, we're watching the original X-Men show from around that time in our house. And uh, we are starting to enjoy that more than the films, even though we... Oh, yeah. Oh, no. The anime, the X-Men anime series is actually untouchable. Yeah, uh, I'm actually amazed. We're only seven or eight episodes in, and they are hitting all the famous things. Cable's have you turned up, like, you know, there's Magneto's there. Have you seen the anime series? Like, the, Spi- sorry, the Spider-Man anime series? Not yet, no. Oh, okay. So... Here, so just to completely detract ourselves, right? So the X Men animated series is actually part of an MC, sorry, sorry, an MAU, right? So a Marvel animated universe, which has the Avengers in it, like an Avengers show, right? Iron Man, Hulk, Hulk has his own show, Iron Man has his own show, and Spider Man has his own show, and they all intersect with each other. Oh, like the DC cartoons of the day. Yeah, but it's funny because, like, in so as I said, I'm going to Orlando on Monday. And in Islands of Adventure, they have a Marvel land that is solely based on the MAU mm. because that was part of the contract. So there's this like aging um, Marvel 
theme park basically which right. is always updated but because of the terms of the license with Disney um, they they have they can't update anything so it's all just stuck in that so that just makes me really happy but uh, that's a that's just a random side but what I'm saying to you is if you're if you like the the X-Men show which I said hits all the beats check out the Spider-Man series which hits even more beats because it has Secret Wars and everything in it okay. and the Avengers show isn't great but the Iron Man show is okay. I remember seeing the intros for Spider-Man and Iron Man. and The actual very... Hulk show that came out is the best out of all. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the best out of every one of them. It, well, this it's... is from that kind of time in the 90s when, like, you know, Ghostbusters had a show and Godzilla had a show and Men in Black had a show and they were all pretty consistently good across the board, weren't they? Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, I think that is a, a lost... Um, a lost artifact really which is now on Disney Plus you can actually see them all on Disney Plus which is great but um, I mean look if you, if you like the X-Men show absolutely absolutely, at the very least give the the Spider-Man one a go because it actually has my sp- my favourite Spider-Man in it period oh yeah James Barnes yeah he was uh, Greg Brady on in the Brady Bunch movie but he's when I'm reading Spider-Man comics that's who's in my head his name is James was, Barnes yeah have they not got him to play the Winter Soldier just out of convenience? <laughs> no, but he was in Edge of Spider-Verse, uh, Spider-Man New War. I was kind of disappointed with Into the Spider-Verse that they didn't actually like use him, which they should have. Wait, what's Edge of Spider-Verse? Ed- Edge of the Spider-Verse. What's the new one called? Or any, any of the Spider-Verse movies? Are you talking about the ones that are in cinema, the Miles Morales ones? Yeah, they should have just taken out Miles Morales, put him into it, and had him being the main character, and then killed off Miles Morales. Oh, we're not getting into that again. That's, anyway, what, I that's what I would have done. Uh, but yes, uh, the the Mutant Mayhem is a solid recommendation. It's we really, really loved it. And really? I might okay. even go see it again. We really? Lovely, yeah, yeah. We had a lovely, lovely time. It kind of it's okay. I'll give it's it a one watch. of those films that like really like you know we laughed we got the action quota it looks gorgeous and we got a few feelings out of it you know and really? like I said the four of us came home all liking different things about the film okay. uh, so like you know that's a pretty sturdy like round table recommendation there across a huge age range you know so you're saying the thing that I haven't seen and made a judgment on was a bad idea well, look, you'll probably see it and with your Ninja Turtle, like, encyclopedic knowledge, will say, oh, there's something better from 2001 or something. And that may be true. But as a first impression, it was really, really good. Okay. I know like, what I mean. Like, you know I mean, what, go on, sorry. Sorry, you know what I'd say as well? Um, but you'd really like the games. Okay. What, what console are they on? Remember the one I gave you a couple of years ago? Yes, yes, yeah. I still have that. Yeah, they're on that. <laughs> the kind of two D kind of uh, yeah, they're all from, rolling. Yeah, yeah, they're all from the Mega Drive and um, SNES era. But there are some good modern ones. But I, I just the music alone in Turtles in Time and uh, the Hyperstone Heist just amazing, fun game. Okay, really I really think that's solid recommendation then. Okay, well, before we, because I think we've about we've got a little bit about under ten minutes left. Oh, I believe you've discovered a TV show that you were yes. quite eager to talk about. Yes. So for fans of the Wrestling Rewind, if you listen on uh if you listen on Friday, mm-hmm. um my co-host Martin was like, Hey, you should watch a show called Silicon Valley. And I didn't even know the show existed, but he's like, You should watch it, you're in it. And I'm like, What? <laughs> and so 
intrigued i was like okay so i i actually i found it very difficult to find like yeah i remember we used to have a dvd set of it in easton's that never sold but i always heard like good things about it uh yeah it's hard to find because it's a hbo series so that means you know most streaming services actually kind of have find that paywall yeah correct but it is actually on sky and now now with sky go you can watch it pretty much anywhere so that's all that's right yeah i noticed westworld has started airing on one of the like free domain sky channels like you yeah know, exactly. all that stuff starting to leak out like so if you're watching um if you have if you have sky like sky tv or if you have now tv um that's how you can watch it so i sat down and i was like oh I'll watch one or two episodes and you know, see what's like. I binged the show every night until last night to six in the morning. Oh my god! Uh, How many yeah. nights was that? Four nights. So one season. So, but, so what? What pulled you in then? Well, it was six seasons, and I watched about one and a half seasons, one and a bit seasons every night. Um, it. I've never seen. It's okay. So there are certain movies that just kind of capture the vibe of something out or certain TV shows that capture the vibe of something like Office Space like it's the same director uh, uh, Michael Judd uh, who did Office Space uh, Idiocracy Beavis of Bullhead and like no way I had no idea yeah so he wrote and then directed he wrote a lot of episodes directed a lot of episodes but it's his kind of like idea and uh, TJ Miller's in it I know TJ Miller is kind of a flashpoint or whatever but he's in it and he's absolutely hilarious so basically it's character drama around these group of friends slash colleagues that build an app in silicon valley and they start a tech startup and it's just kind of about their journey through the the literal insane world of silicon valley now martin said to me he's like look i don't get a lot of the jokes in it it's just really funny so there are different ways to watch it like if you if you're not a tech person if you don't work in tech or whatever you don't you can still enjoy it like martin was my control Right. I worked in Silicon Valley. I work in tech. I've worked in a startup. I've experienced loads of parts. There's bits in that show that are so true to life. It's unbelievable. Me and Bryn worked together. I actually texted Bryn. I'd be like, you need to watch the show. I'm like, we've we've lived these experiences. We worked in the same company. And there's just bits in it where you're like, oh my God, I've been here. <laughs> literally been here. So, I mean, as a relative outsider, like, do you have any, like, kind of examples, like? Uh, I mean, there's there's one part, like, there's certain things I can't talk about because of NDAs and stuff, but, like, uh, my own experience. But, like, when it comes to, um, like, with sales and stuff, where, like, they're trying to build this crazy thing and it's like, you can't do it. Oh, but we sold it already. Like, but you can't <laughs> do it, you know? Or, like, um, there's, a char- there's a character, Guilfoyle, who may or may not, just be me. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, just the way he kind of is with like people when it's a technical standpoint or like, some of the stuff he says, I'm just like, whoa, that's actually crazy. Um, it, it's just, it's just such an act or like as an outsider again, like there are just the, you know, the, the extravagant offices and, and insanity that you hear from Silicon Valley that doesn't mm-hmm. seem real, but it is real. Um, they, I've never seen a company, I've never seen a, a show to capture that because it's a, pure it's a cutting satire of these big american um silicon valley companies that's so on point you're like whoa well that's kind of what office space did as well exactly exactly it's very much true it's by the same guy like it it's in that lens where it's so burningly accurate 
that you're like, oh my God, this is real. I've been here, you know? And I mean, that's what I latched onto and it just made it really engrossing. And the thing about the characters is like, they all have their faults, but like the main guy, you hate him by the end of it. You absolutely cannot stand him. And there's a really good movie came out a couple of years ago. Now it is Google propaganda, like literally. <laughs> it's the most propaganda movie I think I've ever seen for a tech company. It's uh, called uh, The Internship. Have you seen it? That the Owen Wilson one. That's the Owen Wilson one. No, yeah. I, I, I kind of, I was aware of it coming out, but I didn't, I, I just looked like another one of those like comedies, you know? Yeah, I, I have a very big soft spot for that movie, despite the fact my personal feelings about the company. Um, like, but uh, it, it literally just kind of portrays Google in the best light possible, which I mean, fair, like it all takes place on the campus and stuff like that as well. But that movie seems to have been like the blueprint. So it's kind of like, you know, the way in The Boys is like a perfect takedown of the superhero genre. Yeah. Like, not, not the comic books. The comic book is contrived nonsense but the the actual show that's kind of what they've done here they've taken the internship and put it into like a boy's lens where it, it takes all the bits from that but then like really exposes them to like the the daylight right. and it's, it's it's just fantastic it really is it's um and it's funny enough one of the main characters in the internship is plays big head in uh Silicon Valley. So it's like, well, they're even aware of what <laughs> you know. It, it's just I've never seen such an earnest, an earnest TV show that like has a clear vision up to the fourth season, and then TJ Miller leaves, and it kind of struggles a little bit, but still quite good. Um, and then ends in a very unique way. It's it, it's a very satisfying uh, experience. So don't binge it in like a week. That's probably a terrible idea. That's why I woke. That's why I've. Uh, been, been, don't do what Dara does. Don't do what Dara does. That's that's a, exactly that's a great advice. Thank you, King. Don't do what Dara <laughs> does. Um, <laughs> because binging the show in such a short space of time, one, you don't sleep, and two, you. Uh, well, that's just it. Like with BoJack Horseman, I'm like, I I make an effort to go as slowly as possible, so you kind of you can kind of think it through all the like you know. Uh, but it's very it, engrossing. It's very engrossing, and it looks that I like. There are the jokes in it are quite good. There's a lot of swearing in it. There's a lot of like very unique uh, language in it. It's weird. It feels like a show from a couple of years ago, uh, but I mean it makes sense because it's like during the the tech uh, bubble, basically the second tech tech bubble that we just come out of now. So like watching it now after the tech crash has happened, it's a bit quaint. It's a bit quaint, yeah. But it's also like, whoa, I was here when this was like this, you know. Um, and to see it now, it's just like, oh, okay, some of the jokes might be lost, but it's also a very, very good time capsule. Um, and from a technical standpoint, the actual technological jokes are hilarious because they're like properly accurate. Um, it, so if you're into technology, if you're if you if you work for a tech company and you're listening to this show, you need to watch it. It's phenomenally good. And well, you've kind of got to my question there, which is you said you watched with a a control friend who didn't work in tech. Do you yeah. think this would appeal to someone outside of that sphere? Like, you know? Oh, no. I, look, Martin's awesome. And he's he's a great co-host and knows a lot about wrestling. He knows absolutely nothing about technology. Zero. So, and he will say that. He yes. knows nothing about it. So, uh, and he thought it was absolutely hilarious. Because at the end of the day, you can watch it. So, yeah, that, it's a ring endorsement based on that. And because he sold it to me on that, I was like, okay. It won't just be niche. Even if it was niche, I would still really enjoy it. But 
the real thing about this is it's not really always oh, based in technology. Blah, blah. No, it's a character focused, character based comedy. Mm. And, you know, putting them in this like office space, for example, it's very much like that or idiocracy where it's like shining a light on our modern culture and making a statement about it. But then also you have these characters whose journey you're following. And it's a very kind of human uh, based experience as well where like not to give anything away but like a lot of this guy's problems is he's such a not a nice person word I want to put in um, that if he just was it would be fine and he screws himself over again and again and again and the whole time is because he just cannot let go and it's just like wow this is actually really really interesting you know and it kind of makes you self-respective a little bit as well you know you have those, you have those uh, introspective moments where you're like whoa okay <laughs> and it, it it's it's rare you get something like that from a crude comedy <laughs> that's on television, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, you timed that just perfectly because we are just out of time in the oh, wow. thirty seconds we have left. Is there anything you'd like to say before we wrap? Yes. So, guys, if you're at DCC uh, tomorrow when this is going out, please come over and say hey. We'll be there. Uh, Keen will be a hell of a lot easier to spot than me because I won't be cosplaying. But well, this goes out on the Saturday, so you won't be there, unfortunately. You will have been there. I will. I will have been there. Yes. So uh, go over and and spot Keen, and um, yeah, it'll be easy to spot. I mean, unless there's a few Bowsers, which if there is, brilliant. Well, more the merrier. He'll have. So he'll, I'll give him some cards so we can hand them out. And uh, just like the hand will come out the mouth or something. Absolutely. But do it. There you go. Or the tail kind of trigger it where yeah. they pull the tail and one comes out. And that'd be cool. <laughs> But uh, yeah, again, if this is your first time checking out the show, thank you so much. Uh, please go over to nerdthrowmedia.com and get all the shows for free. I won't be here for two weeks, but we will have content. Woo! All right. On that very positive note, thank you for listening. We'll be back next time with our rundown of how we found the event and all that. But until then, have a lovely week and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.